As business owners, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day hustle and bustle of running our business ventures. However, taking the time to look back at what we have achieved and experienced throughout the year can provide valuable insight and lessons for the future. It might be time to find space in your schedule, a few minutes to yourself to engage in a reflection process. Grab a journal and a cup of tea and let's look back at your year and zoom in on your year-end goals. Welcome to the BK Talks Business Podcast. I'm your host, BK, and I am a female entrepreneur with a passion for international business and entrepreneurship. I've run businesses in the Middle East where I've lived for the past 10 years, as well as in my home country, Botswana. I am so excited to bring you this podcast that celebrates the entrepreneurial spirit of women in Africa, the Middle East, and everywhere in between. Whether you are already running a business or just considering taking the leap, this podcast is for you. Get ready for some laughs, some insider secrets, and some business breakthroughs that just might change the way you think about entrepreneurship. I cannot wait to hear about your entrepreneurial journey. So whether you're in a bustling, beautiful city like Abu Dhabi or a smaller, quieter town in Southern Africa, Grab your favorite drink, get comfortable, and join me on this journey of growth and empowerment. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So as we approach the latter part of the year, it's the perfect time to pause and reflect on our journey so far. We're in the final third of Q3, and around this time, I begin thinking of that final push in Q4 and I slowly start thinking about planning and preparing for Q1. You might think it's early, but stick with me. I found it really helps hit the ground running right at the beginning of Q1. But for this episode, I want to talk about taking time to reflect on the year up until this moment. Consider what your goals were. How far are you with those goals? And then how do you get that final push to achieve whatever goals you have outstanding? First, what has worked? What goals have you been able to achieve? Acknowledge the milestones you've reached, the challenges you have overcome. Congratulations. Whether big or small, every accomplishment deserves recognition and celebration. This not only boosts your morale, but it also fuels your motivation for the things that you are still working on. On the flip side, let's also think about what has not worked. I would love it if every idea, every endeavor in my business were a raging success. I would be laughing all the way to the bank. I wish. But the reality is not everything works out in the way that we want it to. To work out, setbacks are a natural part of the journey. Reflect on the hurdles that you've encountered and the lessons that you've learned from them. It's through these challenges that we grow. We'll grow stronger, we'll grow wiser. Another thing to think about is the opportunities that you've uh, seized and those you might have missed. Reflect on why certain opportunities didn't pan out as you expected. Ask yourself why you didn't take the opportunities 
that were available to you, what was holding you back? Was it fear? Was it insecurity? Or were you just not as prepared as you should have been to take that opportunity? And why is that? What could you do differently as you move forward? As we reflect on the year, yes, it's essential to celebrate not just the tangible achievements, but also the personal growth and development that we have experienced. Each step we take on our entrepreneurial journey molds us into more skilled, compassionate, and visionary leaders. Remember, we are not hosting a solo pity party. This is not to dwell on the past or to feel inadequate or resentful or regretful. It's about objectively gaining clarity and understanding, which will inform our decisions and actions as we move forward. This process is for us to express gratitude for the progress we have made and the lessons that we have learned. We want to carry the wisdom gained from our experiences and use it to propel ourselves confidently towards our end year goals. Okay, now that we've done with the reflection process, let's dive into identifying clear and actionable year end goals. Setting specific objectives for the remainder of the year will help us stay focused, motivated, and align us with our long-term vision. We've taken stock of where our business stands today. We have reviewed the goals set at the beginning of the year, and we've assessed our progress so far. We have some wins, we have some losses, but we, have, we are committing to move forward. All right, now that we are aligned and sure we want to move ahead, break the goals that you have down into smaller manageable tasks. For example, if one of your goals is to create an online course in Q4, then take that big goal and break it down. This could look like deciding how many modules your course will have. Let's say there are four modules. If you decide to build one module a week, then each day you could work on one aspect of the course. Uh, For example, Monday, draft the content. Tuesday, work on the activities or the worksheets. Wednesday, uh, design the slides and so forth. So what you're doing daily builds towards your weekly goal, which is the module, which then builds towards the ultimate goal, which is to complete the course Let's say you've given yourself the month of September and then and then the subsequent weeks you're testing and refining and um, rolling it out. The most important thing to remember is that every day you're doing a little bit of work that will lead you to achieving the goal that you have set. So this process not only makes this goal less overwhelming, but it provides a system for actually reaching the goal. And goals can't be reached unless we create the systems that will make sure that they happen. When we create a good system that supports the goals that we're working towards, then attaining them isn't such an uphill battle. Within our systems, our short-term goals will feed into and will align our long-term goals. Each movement forward, however small, is a movement toward your ultimate goal. And track your progress. 
regularly review your performance and make adjustments as needed to make sure that you are staying on the path that you have set. Now, I've just finished reading a book by Dan Sullivan called The Gap and the Gain. If you search for this book online, it'll come up. It's free and I really recommend you read it. And in this book, he talks about two ways that we measure or we can measure progress. One is right and one is wrong. So the wrong way is to measure your progress from the perspective of where you're trying to go, what you're trying to achieve. For example, let's say that when I started this podcast, I uh, set a goal of 1 million subscribers within the first six months. Okay, that's my goal. Within six months, I'll get 1 million subscribers. Then, you know, I work at it, I work at it. And when I get to the six month mark, I check my metrics and I see that I have only 70,000. So I have the opportunity to look at this one of two ways. The first way is to look at the 1 million that I set against the 70 that I managed and conclude that I failed. I failed to reach my goal, which obviously leaves me discouraged. Um, But then he goes on to explain that if I look at that 70 against the zero that I started with, I would see just how much progress I have really made. So he calls measuring from the goal, uh, measuring in the gap. And measuring from where you started from, from the zero to where you've actually made it, measuring from the gain. And the reason why he advocates for measuring in the gain is because he believes goals act as a compass. They point us in the direction we want to go. They are not um, the, de- the destination in and of themselves because they'll always keep moving. It's like the horizon. He gives an example of the horizon. You can set forth towards the horizon, but you never, uh, you'll never get there because it keeps moving. And when I look at my goal of one million uh, downloads, I'll when I get to one million, I'll look beyond that to two million, and then three, and then on and on. So I really loved this because when measuring in the gain, I can clearly see how I'm doing, how I'm progressing. And then I can make choices and decisions based on that information rather than feeling defeated and overwhelmed by measuring in the gap. It will obviously take practice for me not to think, oh, I didn't reach 1 million. I didn't reach the goal. So I failed. I'm useless. I'm whatever. But it just takes looking at it from the perspective that from where I started, I've gone such a long way and that deserves to be celebrated. It helps me recognize what has worked and what has not worked in an objective way. And so it does take being flexible, being adaptable and adjusting to see what you need to tweak and to change but you keep looking at your compass. You keep um, that goal right in front of you to make sure that you're heading in the right direction. So 
I know that you know that we need to be open to the reality that things can change. So we need to be flexible. We need to be able to roll with the punches, as they say. So I don't know about you, but as soon as I have decided on my quarter goals, I've made my plan, I've gotten my objectives, and I'm, I get set to implement. I sit at my desk, I look at my computer, and just as I'm about to tackle my first task, you know, that task for the day, you know, I'll get an email notification, and then that's it. <laughs> I'm down the email rabbit hole. So I actually want to talk about getting into, I actually want to get into time management for business owners and explore a few uh, effective techniques that will help us make the most of each day. And not only that, to stay on course so that we actually achieve our goals for the year. As entrepreneurs, our time is our most valuable resource. And I'm sure you are already implementing time management strategies. I'm sure you are optimizing your productivity, your productivity by using tools like time blocking, uh, you know, uh, setting specific blocks of time for focused work on particular tasks and projects. By prioritization, making sure your tasks are prioritized based on their importance uh, rather than the, ur- the their urgency. You know, tools like to-do lists and time audits and things like single tasking versus multitasking. And by now, we we kind of know that multitasking isn't really as productive as we think it is. It increases errors. It just breaks our workflow. Rather, single tasking helps us focus and finish one task at a time so that we can, you know, we give our full attention and our energy. Things like creating a daily schedule or using technology to your advantage, setting boundaries, things like that. But what I really want to get into are two systems that I found that if they are not effectively optimized, can wreck your productivity and really break down your time management and throw that out the window. And these two things, email and document management. So as I've kind of alluded to before, my email management and subsequently my email processing were not helping me. They were not helping me stay productive. I was spending way too much time in my inbox. I was allowing every new email to interrupt my workflow when I did get into actual work. Now, I've recently heard a statistic that really uh, surprised me. It said that it takes 23 minutes to get back to a focused state after an interruption. I thought that was crazy. 23 minutes. If I get an email notification every, let's say, 30 minutes while I'm working, it'll take me 23 minutes to recover each time to get back into focused work state. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but let me tell you, that is not very much actual focus work time. Certainly, it's not 
enough time to get me to where I'm trying to go and reach my goals. So what did I do? I turned off my email notifications. I learned to create focus systems using my phones. I set up focus modes to automatically turn on according to my schedule and to my calendar. So I now schedule my email processing time. I don't sacrifice my productivity for being responsive. Because most of the time, to be honest, the emails that come in are not even worth <laughs> worth the time. They're newsletters and things that I can kind of consume much later in my day. And so by having these notifications turned off, this has been so helpful in getting in helping me maintain the habit of sticking to checking and responding to email at scheduled times in my day. And another time waster that I mentioned was document management. This particular system is so crucial, especially I feel like when you have a team because so much time is wasted just looking for documents and looking for stuff. I have a few tips when managing your documents. So if you can help it, digitize all your documents. It's good practice to get into this habit because it will be so much easier as you process your, your documents over time. Second tip would be establish a consistent naming convention for files and folders. This makes it so much easier to find documents and it reduces confusion. This is probably the biggest tip I can I can give. Have a system of naming your documents so that whether you are on your computer, on your drive, on an external, the consistency is so absolute that you can find exactly what you're looking for. And it saves you so much headache if you stick to one naming system. And I have unfortunately wasted as much as like 15 minutes looking for a document across everywhere I store documents, which leads me to the second tip. Limit where you store your documents because chances are you won't remember where you put everything and if they're scattered across a couple of drives, your iPad, your computer, your phone, it's going to be very difficult to find that one article you read that one time that will help you with a project that you're working on today. Another consideration is use tags, metadata to categorize and organize documents. And this helps in quick searches and classification of things. Now, both of these systems email and documentation management. Honestly, there's so much more that can be said and we could get deep into each of these and how to build these systems. But just these few small changes that I've suggested can help you get some real traction in managing your time effectively. And remember, time management isn't about cramming more into your day. It's about optimizing your productivity and focusing on the tasks that matter most. And speaking of tasks, is everything on your plate supposed to be there? As business owners, we often wear multiple hats, juggling various tasks, responsibilities. And if you're a solopreneur like me, that's okay. That's just the way it is. But I get to lead my clients' teams. And so I need to delegate as well. 
And oftentimes as we're moving from the fast paced speed of the startup phase into the growth phase, as business owners, it can take us a while to get out of that hustle mentality, even when we have a team to support us. But trying to do everything ourselves can lead to burnout and inefficiency. But sometimes we just don't know how to delegate. So here are a few things to um, think about when you are ready to delegate. First of all, take a close look at your daily responsibilities and identify tasks that can be delegated to your team members. Look at what others can handle. Look at what others can take on so that you can free up your time. And this is not only just to free up your time as a CEO, but it empowers your team and it uh, it fosters a sense of ownership. Successful delegation begins with a reliable and a skilled team. Trust is a foundation of successful delegation. When you have faith in your team's abilities, you can confidently assign tasks knowing that they will be executed effectively. And set your team up for success by clearly communicating the tasks that you want them to do, provide all the necessary information and the context, keep lines of communication open, allow for feedback, and make sure that everyone is on the same page. Part of this communication involves clear expectations, uh, setting realistic deadlines for the tasks that you've given them. When your team knows the desired outcomes and timeline, they can align their efforts accordingly. But sometimes you can find that not every task needs to be handled in-house. Maybe outsourcing non-core activities to specialized service providers is what you really need to be doing. This can be a more cost-effective way to access expertise and to free up internal resources. I know sometimes as business owners, we are so used to doing everything ourselves that we don't even want to let go of the tasks that we that don't align with our strengths. So think about where you excel. What are your core competencies? What are your unique skills and expertise that set your business apart. Rather invest your time and energy in these areas and then delegate other tasks that don't align with your strengths. So delegating isn't just about offloading tasks that you don't like or that you're not good at, but it is also about empowering your team. It's about you giving them more responsibility to take ownership, to make decisions, And this can encourage creativity and initiative. And you might find that your team just blossoms. So provide support when they need it. And of course, keep a pulse on the tasks that you've delegated. Ensure that they are progressing as planned. Ensure that, you know, your team members are not overwhelmed. Offer guidance and support if anything you know, comes up unexpectedly. So keep those communication channels open, asking for feedback on your delegation process. Understanding their perspective can help you as you further delegate and it can strengthen team collaboration. And lastly, regularly assess your delegation and your outsourcing strategies. Think about whether they are 
really contributing positively to improving your time management and your overall business efficiency. You can always make adjustments as needed to fine tune your approach because when we focus on what really matters and when we leverage our own strengths and the strengths of our team and our partners, we can free ourselves to stay in our zone of genius and we can focus on the goals we've set and unlock the full potential of our business. That's it for today's episode of BK Talks Business. I hope you enjoy this conversation about reflecting on your year and setting yourself up for success to finish the year strong. If you found value in today's episode and want to keep the conversation going, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. You won't want to miss any future episodes. Your feedback is like gold to me. So please consider leaving me a review and let me know what you think. If you have a burning question or a topic you'd love to hear me cover in future episodes, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Bye for now.